Good afternoon, everybody. Yeshayahu Memzayin Memchet, chapters 47 and 48 of Yeshayahu. These chapters work back to back with one another in a sense because they are addressed to two opposite audiences. The first, 47, to Bavel, the hated Babylonia, who will or has exiled the Jewish people. The second one is directed to the Jewish people themselves. But despite the fact that these are two such different audiences, the chapters share a number of commonalities. Firstly, neither chapter is complementary towards those it is addressing. Although one, of course, would assume that the prophet will be full of anger and abuse towards the Babylonians, as indeed he is, so too does Israel receive more or less the same treatment, even though, as we have mentioned many times, we are in theory in the post-rebuke stage of the Sefer and in the book, in the part of the book which is dedicated to Nehemiah. That's the first point which binds these two chapters together. The second point is that these chapters provide particularly sharp psychological insight, as it were, this feels strange to say, into the mind of God. The Navi speaking through, or rather God speaking through the Navi, presents us with a vision into Hashem's mindset, as it were, in regards to both Bavel and Israel, which is rather similar to one another. What do I mean by this? We will go on to see. But perhaps let's call it just for now, the loneliness of God. We'll come back to that phrase. Let's begin with chapter 47, Mem Zion, addressed to Bavel. Many times we have commented that Yeshayahu is extremely fond of metaphors of women. Early on, he derides Israel as pampered women, spoiled women. During the time of Yeshayahu, oh, pardon me, of the king Uziyahu, using the imagery of women adorned with jewellery to sort of represent the bloatedness and complacency of society. Perhaps the most striking metaphor which we have discussed until now is that of the woman in labour, which has been used to describe both Israel and God. This great pain waiting for it to be over and for something new to be born, applicable to both Israel and Hashem's experience. Our chapter very much continues with that, applying it to Bavel. I'll read the English, the Robert Alta translation. Go and sit in the dust, virgin daughter of Bavel. Sit on the ground with no throne, daughter of Chaldeans. Your nakedness shall be bared. Your shame shall now be seen. No longer shall they call you the mistress of kingdoms. 
Hear this pampered woman, dwelling secure, who says in her heart, it is I and none beside me. I will not dwell a widow and will not know bereavement. So says Babel, the next verse, these two shall come upon you in a flash on a single day, bereavement and widowhood. The full spectrum of a woman can be from mistress of the world, as Babel is seen, to bereaved of her children, of her partner. This is what Babel is going to come. It's interesting, as Rachel Kellner and others have remarked, a number of the lines of tefillah that we say come from of the prayer service that we say each day come from Yeshayahu. Here is one which we might recognize. Verse 4, Pasuk Dalad, occurring in all of the middle of this, describing the downfall of Babel from mighty mistress of the world to bereaved widow. Go'aleinu Hashem Tzavaot Shemo Kadosh Yisrael, our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name. Israel's Holy One. The verse that we say before we start the Amidah each morning, the standing prayer, comes from our chapter. But perhaps the most interesting part of this chapter is, as I mentioned earlier, the psychological insight that seems to be given into God's mindset. He says as follows, Katsafti alami, I was angry with my people. I desecrated my portion. And I gave them into your hand, your hand into Babel's hand. I was angry with the Jewish people, says God. And I made you into the instrument of my anger. You would be the one to punish them. We are, of course, familiar with this idea throughout Yeshayahu already, that the nations who attack Israel are not independent powers, but rather they, whether they know it or not, are actually acting out God's will towards Israel. This serves, of course, to elevate God's power and to diminish the power of Israel's ostensible enemy. However, our verse now has a twist. God has said, I was furious with my people and gave them into your hand. But the verse then carries on. You did not show the mercy. And upon the elderly, you made your yoke very heavy. It seems to be that God is saying to Babel, you exceeded your mission. You went beyond in your cruelty the degree to which you were supposed to punish Israel for me. And so what is so fascinating in this is that the nations, Babel in particular, are not simply the instrument of God's will, but they are also repositories still of their own free will and are themselves to be punished for having done too much of what God had told them to do. God feels an anger towards Babel, who have not done his will as he expressed, even when 
They were partially fulfilling his will. And this theme sort of carries on into the next chapter, as I mentioned at the start. The next chapter, focusing on Israel, is certainly not one of comfort, as we have had many of until now. Rather, the focus is upon Israel's unworthiness. Indeed, they will be redeemed, but not because of their own merits. Here is Pasuk Tet, verse 9. Laman shemi arich api. On account of my name will I withhold my anger. Utihilati echtamlach levilti hachritech. And for my glory will I be restrained towards you so as not to cut you off. Verse 11. For my, for my sake I do it. For how could I be profaned? And my glory I will not give to another. Perhaps these harsh and difficult verses, maybe we can approach them for those of us who are parents of young children. So much of the time, we love our children so dearly and we do whatever we could for them. We would speak to them in rapturous terms indeed in the way in which throughout much of the book God speaks to Israel. And yet sometimes they can infuriate us. And yet nevertheless we still do it because our fundamental, we still care for them, we still love them and look after them even as we are exasperated with them because our fundamental role is to be parents even when they are not doing as we ask them to. Karina and I sometimes joke on hard days about giving up our children for adoption. Of course, it's only ever a joke, chas shalom. Even when they infuriate us, we do it because that is our job, to be their parent. Even when Israel infuriates God, when he feels lonely, that Israel are not his partners, Babel are not his partners, he will continue to be our God.